Well, the title of the lesson today is Hacked, and I guess that's something that's pretty much uh, become a well, problem that we all deal with now. Uh, someone coming in and uh, able to invade your space and, and use or misuse your personal information for their own benefit uh, and for your uh, unbenefit. Uh, they may alter our image in some way so that it makes us appear as something we're not, or they may assume our identity, uh, our image, and use it to their advantage. Uh, I guess you could say we live in a world where there are very few secrets, and so it might be important for all of us to live in such a way that if our secrets become open, that it won't be a problem for us. Uh, but we need to protect ourselves from the hackers so that those who are evil or who do not have scruples or morals cannot harm us. Uh, last fall, uh, uh, middle of the night, about 2 o'clock in the morning, uh, we got a message saying that our credit card was being used to buy some triple uh, X rated movies and wondered if we were the ones buying that. Uh, uh, Loan looked over at me, and uh, <laughs> no, I wasn't. So, uh, anyhow, <laughs> we had to get it. Uh, the only adverse effect was that we had to get a new credit card because that number had been hacked, and uh, uh, and so uh, we were a day or so without that credit card. But you know, that probably was a good thing too, and that we weren't able to spend uh, credit uh, for those few days. Identity theft, they say, is the fastest growing crime in the United States or maybe in the world today. Uh, reports say that 30 million people will be victims of identity theft uh, from year to year. That just seems almost uh, an astronomical uh, number, uh, but it costs us billions of dollars every year. Hackers seek to... Uh, to break in databases and steal social security numbers or credit card numbers. CNN reported that in 2014, 47% of Americans had been hacked, at least um, some of their personal information. Uh, Marriott announced uh, this past November, November 30th, that from their reservation database, 50 million guests had had their Personal information hacked. Uh, I didn't know they had that many guests in their hotels, but, uh, but that's worldwide. That is a horrible statistic. It can hurt when your personal information is exposed to dishonest people. It can take even months to recuperate from that. Some people will spend months and thousands of dollars trying to regain their identity and uh, overcome the adverse effects that their identity being stolen has, has caused them. But money is just that. It's a temporal thing. And in the long scheme of things, it, it doesn't matter. We may think that it matters an awful lot, but it's, it's just money. When our soul is hacked, that's a different thing altogether. When our spiritual identity is hacked, it can have eternal consequences, not just 
far few months or weeks are, 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 if our spiritual identity is hacked, it can deflate, it can demoralize, it can destroy us and our soul. We need to take guard of ourselves against the enemy because it can, it can jeopardize our place with the Father of lights in heaven above. You see, Satan is the father of lies and he is always seeking to devour, always seeking to hack. Uh, he's always been that. John 8, verse 44, the devil uh, has, uh, was a murderer from the beginning and has nothing to do with the truth because there is no truth in him. When he lies, he speaks out of his own character for he is a liar and the father of lies. In our world today, the world of internet and electronic media, Satan is enabled all that much more. We are all that much more exposed. We hear his lies, and the whole world does as well. And so many are the people who are listening to his lies. His lies can devastate they destroy and devour. First Peter 5, verse 8, Be sober-minded, be watchful. Your adversary, the devil, prowls around like a roaring lion seeking someone to devour. And he does. He pri- he's always on the hunt, always looking, always sending out his, his lies. More and more, person after person, are believing those lies. They're being devoured. He chews us up and he spits us out. He, he brings us to a place where we can easily be useless to the kingdom of God because we are so compromised, so hacked. He wants to rob us of our identity in the Lord. And if he doesn't destroy it, if he can't pull us out of the kingdom, if he can't take us out of the kingdom of the Lord, then he'll harm us so much, inflict so much pain on us that we're useless to that kingdom. When we became part of Christ, we were changed. Our identity was changed. Before we were part of the world, our identity was there. But now in Jesus, we are different. We are new. We have this new identity. Uh, We're transformed. Paul would use that terminology when he was writing to the Romans uh, about how we should be in in Christ. The old self transformed now to the new self. Uh, in Christian service and life, there must be a difference between us and the world. Uh, Once we had been part of that world, but now no longer. And we change the things we do, and we change the things or the way we think. Uh, We've been translated into the kingdom of the Son out of the domain of Satan. And so we change the way we think, we change the way we live, we change the way we serve. 
Uh, Romans chapter 12, verse 1 and 2, I appeal to you therefore, brothers, by the mercies of God, present your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable, acceptable to God, which is your spiritual worship. Do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing or renewal of your mind, that by testing you may discern what the will of God, what is the will of God, what is good and acceptable and perfect. So our new self, our new identity in Christ must discern the will of God. Think about the will of God. Our new identity in Christ must live in what is good and acceptable and perfect. God things, righteous things, holy things. Our lives are our living. Our identity must be transformed to that of the Lord, not conformed to the world, not living like the world lived, not thinking like the world controlled by Satan, not living by the world dominated by Satan. If we allow our Christian self to reconform back to the world, then Satan not only has hacked us, he's hijacked us, stolen us, holds us prisoner again. Remember, we are changed. The way we used to be isn't the way we should be now. Uh, the old self is gone. It's supposed to be, anyhow. Colossians chapter 2, verse 1 through 10, a long reading, but Colossians, uh, or Philipp, uh, Ephesians, rather. You were once dead in your trespasses and sins in which you once walked following the course of this world, following the prince of the power of air, the spirit that is now at work in the sons of disobedience, among whom we all once lived in the passions of our flesh, carrying out the desires of the body and the mind, and were by nature children of wrath, like the rest of mankind. But God being rich, in mercy, because of his great love, which he loved us, even when we were dead in our trespasses, made us alive together with Christ. By, saved, uh, by grace you have been saved. For we are his workmanship, created in Christ Jesus for good works, which God prepared beforehand that we should walk in them. So we're changed. We were part of the children of wrath, but now we are the workmanship of God. There was a time when our identity walked according to the course of this world, walked under the direction of Satan, walked living by the, by the decrees of the prince of the air. We identified with the power of Satan. But we have been changed. We're no longer the children of disobedience. Now we're the children of God. Once we followed the passions of the flesh, the unregenerated self carried out the, de the sinful desires of the body. Like everyone around us, we identified with the world. 
We were children of wrath. I think that all of us always need to look. Who do I identify with most? Am I more like the world? Or am I more like Christ? God mourned our disobedience. He mourned the fact that we were part of the world. And he wanted to rescue us uh, and give us a new identification. Rich in mercy, God made us alive in Christ. He, He gave us a new self, a new identity, removing us from the world, cleansing us, changing us, and giving us the image of Christ. Even though we were once dead, Now we have this new self, this new identity. We are alive in Christ. But you see, Satan never quits. He doesn't say, well, I lost that one and go on. No, he keeps attacking. He keeps hacking. He he keeps wanting to reclaim that one which he lost. And he wants to destroy us, devour us again. He once had our identity. He wants to gain it back. So he's always seeking to hack, steal, and hijack again. So still in this letter to the Ephesians, and it looks like the Ephesian church was having a real problem with their identity being hacked and then reassigned in a corrupted identity. He guards, he warns them, guard your spiritual identity. Build a firewall around yourself so that Satan cannot hack into your heart, into your soul. He reminded them who they were so that they could guard against that. From the reading this morning, uh, Ephesians 4, verse 17. Now this I say and testify in the Lord that you must no longer walk as the Gentiles walk in the futility of their minds. They are darkened in their understanding, alienated from the life of God because of the ignorance that is in them due to their hardness of heart. They have become calloused and have given themselves up to sensuality, greed, to practice every kind of impurity. That, uh, but that is not the way you learn Christ. That's not Jesus. That's the world. When you find that coming back into your heart, when you find yourself thinking like that, know that it is Satan hacking into yourself, into your soul, into your spiritual identity. Our identity in Christ can be hacked by futile and foolish thoughts. Our identity in Christ can be hacked by a poor understanding of God's truth. If I don't know what his truth is, then Satan can lie to me and I'll believe him. The lies that Satan tells are designed to pull me back into the course of this world. Our identity in Christ can be hacked by hard hearts that resist his love and his kindness and goodness. Our identity can be hacked by hatred and envy and scorn, and it can pull us out of the Lord, hijack our faith. 
Our identity in Christ can be hacked by the calloused, who are callous to purity and righteousness, who live in uh, sensuality and greed. Look at our world today. What do we see but sensuality and greed and envy and scorn constantly hacking into our spirituality? We need to build firewalls, firewalls that will protect and guard our hearts from those attacks, guarding our spiritual identity in Christ against Satan's attempts to destroy our faithfulness. Remember, we've got a new self in Jesus, a new identity in Jesus. Still from the reading this morning from Ephesians 4, verse 20, but that is not the way you learn Christ, assuming that you have heard about Him and were taught in Him as the truth is in Jesus, to put off the old, your old self, which belongs to your former manner of life and is corrupt through deceitful desires, and be renewed, in the spirit of your minds, and to put on the new self created after the likeness of God in true righteousness and holiness. We have to guard against deceitful desires. Those will hack into our image of Christ. We must always be renewed in our inner self, renewed by the word of the Lord. Christians are made in the likeness of God. That's who we are. That's our identity. In true righteousness and holiness, don't let Satan hack into your heart. Don't let him hack into your spiritual identity. I thought of four different ways that he is really seeking to hack and hijack us. Satanic hack number one is calling good evil an evil good. It's changing what is right, trying to, they don't really change, but they proclaim it and many believe it. Morality in the United States today is much, much more like Satan's world than the world of the Lord. The morality or the belief system that we are encountering day after day is much more akin or in many ways is much more like what Satan would propose instead of the word of Christ. And it's not just people who say they're out of Christ. <laughs> Some, oftentimes it's people who say they are speaking for God or speaking out of faith. Isaiah chapter 5, verse 20 and 21, Woe to those who call evil good and good evil, who put darkness for light and light for darkness, who put better for bitter for sweet and sweet for bitter. Woe to those who are wise in their own eyes and shrewd in their own sight. You know, Satan has always been hacking, trying to deceive humankind. Act first man and woman, Adam and Eve. Their understanding of the will of God He hijacked their faithfulness. He hacked into the heart of Saul, the first king of Israel, and brought down the king of Israel. Woe to those hackers who call evil good and good evil. Woe to those who who 
change or corrupt the will of God for their own evil purposes. What are those who call morality, immorality, and immorality now moral, hacking the laws of God? Woe to those persons of faith, self-named Christians who celebrate sin like homosexuality or sexual perversion, hijacking the truth of God for a lie of Satan. Today there are people that call themselves Christians who advocate abortion or the murder of an innocent child. Woe to those who call evil good and good evil. Don't let God's truth be hacked in your life. Don't let God's truth, don't believe that lie and begin proclaiming that lie yourself. Don't let God's truth be changed in you and then you espouse a lie. Hold firm to the truth of God in Christ. Hold firm to your identity in Jesus. Satanic act number two, saying it doesn't really matter what you believe. People have been saying that forever, it seems like. But it's never been true. That's a lie from Satan. Salvation is only in the name of Jesus. It's nowhere else. To say that, to believe that, is to believe a hack from Satan. Acts 4 verse 12, there is salvation in no one else. For there is no other name under heaven given among men by which we must be saved. There are an awful lot of gods in this world, false gods, the product of man's imagination at best, much more likely the product of Satan's deception, demons among us. Nothing, no imagination, no demon, no idol can stand before God. He is the only God. All other ideas, concepts are hacks from Satan. They seek to lead us astray and hijack our service. 1 Corinthians chapter 8, verse 4, Therefore we know that an idol has no real existence and that there is no God but one. For all there, although there are many, or although there may be so-called gods in heaven or on earth, as indeed there are many gods and many lords, yet for us there is one God, the Father, from whom are all things and for whom we exist, and one Lord, Jesus Christ, through whom, we all, uh, through whom are all things and through whom we exist. It does matter that we believe that Jesus is God's only Son, risen from the dead, now reigning in heaven. It does matter what we believe about Jesus. It does matter because Jesus wants, requires faithful discipleship and confession of His holy name. To say it doesn't really matter what we believe as long as we believe. To say that there are thousands of ways to God 
that's a hack from Satan. It's not a truth from God. And it corrupts our spiritual identity. It hacks into who we are. Doesn't matter that we believe the gospel given in Scripture. God has not given us an ever-evolving, an ever-changing gospel. It doesn't change. His truth doesn't change. Uh, Times change, but God doesn't. Technologies change, but God doesn't. Psychologies may change. Sociologies may change. God doesn't. Galatians 1 But even if we or an angel from heaven should preach to you a gospel contrary to the one we preach to you, let him be accursed. As we have said before, so now I say again, if anyone is preaching to you a gospel contrary to the one you received, let him be accursed. If we're going to be disciples of Jesus, if we're going to be his church, if we're going to be someone who wears his identity, we need to follow the instructions that he's given to us, the instructions from Scripture. Don't let Satan hack your Christian identity by believing that it doesn't matter what we believe. Satanic hack number three. Maybe this gets more of us than the other two. Don't be arrogant. Don't be arrogant in your faith and in your discipleship in your belief. You know, the Pharisees had allowed their observance of the, uh, of the law of Moses to become an issue of arrogance for them, of hypocrisy for them. Jesus would call them whitewashed sepulchers, filled with dead men's rotting bones. It's easy for, at least it's easy for me to think, well, you know, I know more than most everybody else. <laughs> uh, and we... I start thinking more of me than I should think of me. It's easy to be conceited and filled with myself. But that's a hack from Satan. That's Satan want to tarnish my image of Christ or hack into my identity of Jesus. Philippians chapter 2, verse 3 and 4, do not or do nothing from Rivalry or conceit, but in humility count others more significant than yourselves. Let each of you look not only to his own interests, but also to the interests of others. So we need to follow the example of Jesus. That's part of who we are. That's part of our identity. Humble, self-emptying, even to the point of death, death on the cross, if that's what obedience to the Lord calls from us. So we teach and we instruct We correct, but with a spirit of humility, of love and kindness, remembering that, you know, I might really be the one that's wrong, not them. I might need to learn myself. When our faith in the Lord and our discipleship becomes hacked, it might be because we have become arrogant in our faith. Satanic hack number four is hatred. That righteous indignation that builds up within us 
day after day until it has festered into hatred. Remember John, uh, the, uh, the apostle, was walking with the Lord one time and there was a community there that rejected Jesus and John said, Lord, shall we call down fire and just burn that city up? <laughs> that can happen to us. We build up hatred for those that defile the will of God. Because we love the Lord, sometimes there is that tendency to have resentment, and that resentment continues to build until it's hatred for those that are wrong. And that's a hack from Satan. Yeah, yes, we need to be displeased with those that defile the Lord, but we cannot hate. We cannot speak evil. Because if we do so now, we have joined those that are against Christ. Satan is using that to hack our faith. Jesus would say in Luke 35, Love your enemies, do good and lend, expecting nothing in return. And your reward will be great, and you will be son to the most high, for he is kind to the ungrateful and the evil. Be merciful, even as your father is merciful. Or Paul would write uh, years later in Romans 12, verse 21, Do not be overcome by evil, but overcome evil with good. It's easy for anger, even hatred, to build up within us when we witness those that are murdering the unborn, it's easy to hate those. But we can't. We've still got to love them. It's easy for a disciple to be hurt and angered when God's will is ignored and when his morality is belittled and ignored. But we can't hate. Because if we do, then our identity in Christ has been hacked. Jesus didn't hate. He still loved. We cannot be overcome by evil. We cannot give evil for evil. We have to give good. We have to do what is right. As wrong as evil practitioners might be, we cannot allow Satan to hack into our spirit and build up hatred. We cannot achieve good by doing evil. So don't be spiritually hacked. And Satan's always going to be there, always trying, always looking, some way or another, to destroy us. Paul said that he would. There will never be a time when he's not trying to hack us. 1 Timothy chapter 4. Now the Spirit expressly says that in latter times some will depart from the faith by devoting themselves to deceitful spirits and teachings of demons by the hacks of Satan. Through the insincerity of, uh, insincerity of liars whose consciences are seared. So guard yourself from those attacks. Guard yourself from those hacks. Resist the assaults of Satan. He will flee when we resist. Stay 
true to the Lord. Keep your faith pure and uncorrupted. Keep your spiritual self pure and uncorrupted by the hacks of Satan. That's what we need to be as we guard our spiritual identity in Christ. As I look out, I know there are some of you here this morning that that's happened. Your spiritual identity has been hacked. You need to make sure that it is pure in Christ. As I look out, I also pretty confident that there are some here this morning that as of yet do not really have a spiritual identity in Christ. You've not said so. You've not come out and publicly made yourself, accepted the grace of Jesus. You've not confessed Him before the world here and been baptized into Jesus for the remission of your sins to put on that new identity. Don't wait another day to take a spiritual identity in Christ. And don't wait, uh, don't continue to listen to Him if that's been a part of your life. Stand firm in Jesus. In fact, let's be standing. There will be those in the foyer this morning that will pray with you if you need to build your resolve to stand firm against the hacks of Satan. Some of us here at the front will will also pray with you. But if you're here today and you've not been baptized for the remission of your sins, don't let another day go by in the domain of Satan, in the domain of darkness. But become part of Christ. Be transformed or translated out of the domain of Satan into uh, into the kingdom of Christ. Let the old self die and have the new self in Jesus. We're going to sing a song, and while we praise God in that song, if we can help you, we encourage you to come.